0: Welcome listeners to a new episode of the podcast series, Leadership Podcast Series by BCG India. I'm your host, Gaurav Chowdhury. In this series, some of India's finest minds in the world of business share their views on ideas, challenges, and opportunities on a variety of topics, from policy to finance, from technology to banking, among others, and of course, from climate change to health. The COVID-19 pandemic has presented a watershed moment bringing the world's healthcare systems to a halt, forcing us to rethink existing healthcare delivery models and embrace the digital transformation of the sector. A joint report by the Boston Consulting Group and the Federation of Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industry, or FICI, found that both patients, 60%, and doctors, 65%, now prefer digital platforms over in-person health consultations. The stage appears set, therefore, for India to rapidly canter onto the next phase of digital health landscape, including a focus on hyper-personalized care and robust AI systems that will transform the value chain. For this episode, I'm pleased to have Dr. Sangeeta Reddy, Joint Managing Director, Apollo Hospitals, and Priyanka Agarwal, Managing Director and Partner, PCG India, to analyze the future of digital health in India, an idea whose time has definitely come. A very warm welcome to both Sangita and Priyanka.
1: Thank you, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you, Gaurav. It's wonderful to discuss this topic. Okay, Priyanka,
0: first to you. You know, the COVID-19 pandemic has brought to the forefront the need to strengthen healthcare infrastructure in India. It has also inspired promising disruptions and increased acceptability of digital healthcare solutions as a very viable alternative to traditional healthcare delivery models so priyanka while you know help us understand this while covid-19 has underscored the importance of improving the healthcare system in india and across the world how has it helped accelerate digitization of india's healthcare universe
1: Gaurav, thanks uh, very much. I think, uh, you know, all of us can agree that COVID-19 has been a watershed moment. It's been a pandemic uh, like no other that modern world has witnessed.
0: Absolutely. yeah.
1: In this time, I think healthcare literally became a household uh, name, a central focus for each and every one of us. And perhaps also I would say that in post-independent India, it is now the moment when healthcare has become a national agenda. You know, and if I think about what has fundamentally changed uh in COVID, I would perhaps think about three very, very fundamental shifts. Uh to the first one, uh Gaurav. I think all of us were probably quite happy transacting uh on Amazon, uh, you know, buying electronics off electronic p- platforms. Post lockdown also forced us to start uh, doing digital consultations or consuming uh, consuming healthcare. And, you know, given that it was not uh, a one month or a two month story, it continued uh, for two, three years. We are still somewhere in the middle of it. I think mm-hmm. this has now become a habit, a trend that is irreversible. 60% of the uh, consumers now prefer uh, online uh, health consultations at least for some conditions that is true of the metros and tier 1 but the interesting fact also is that about 2000 rural towns even accessed mm. uh, you know online platforms for health consultations uh, in, in this time and 80% of these were first time users right uh, so given that i believe this is here to stay Consumers now mm. think that online is a viable way to access doctors and to order their medicine. Uh So the first yeah. trend I spoke about is a fundamental shift in consumer behavior. There yeah. are two others, I think. And the second one is equally important. I think primary care is now finally getting the importance that has been due for a very long time. Government has announced a significant budget outlay. Um, mm. they are Roll out what is called health and wellness centers all across the breadth of mm. the country. Um, so, so the shift is from only uh, you know treating uh, patients when they're at a stage where they need surgeries to focusing on primary care. So that's the second paradigm shift that COVID also caused. Yes. And the third and final one, and equally important, um, Gaurav, to speak about is mm. an era of partnerships. Erstwhile, it was the domain of the government and non-profit organizations to solve large problems and create public goods. But now, private entities are cooperating with the government. They're cooperating for with not-for-profit ventures to solve these problems. And we saw this in COVID, uh, for example, with telehealth platforms, with Swast. I think this will continue. With all these three trends is where I think healthcare is going to be fundamentally different from how it was delivered in the past.
0: Right. You know, very well put. And and thanks for his deep insights and setting the context. Uh, Sangeeta, there's another thing, you know, that is probably underrated and also underreported, given the overwhelming uh, impact of COVID-19 pandemic that has swept the world, is the growing threat of non-communicable diseases. So the question is, you know, one thing is very clear when it comes to NCDs, inaction is clearly not an option. So, Sangita, how do you think India can address this through a judicious blend of technological innovation to close, you know, what we call as knowledge action gaps, improve efficiencies and at the same time make access to quality health services more equitable and affordable?
2: So, Gaurav, thank you for this overall discussion and, of course, for this very, very significant question. Because of all the opportunities that we have towards a better life and better healthcare. Tackling non-communicable disease is clearly the biggest one. While India is seeing this tsunami of non-communicable disease, and we need to combat it, and to do that, we need to transform the way we think about healthcare. We provide healthcare and literally change. And to this global challenge, what I would say first is that people don't have the Mm -hmm. information they need to make wise and impactful personalized health decisions. Because lifestyle factors like diet and exercise actually contribute to 80% of these chronic conditions. And people don't go to the doctor until they're ill, by which time the intervention is is a lot more costlier. Another way of looking at it is that one in four Indians have a risk of dying from an NCD before they reach the age of 70. Think of changing the way people look at healthcare or creating integrated democratized, demonetized, transformed, actionable insights and empowering Mm. people and enabling them to do the critical pieces which is timely intervention,
0: Mm. appropriate
2: screening and diagnostics, early care and therefore reduce the need for sick care Mm. and during early diagnosis once you've got the problem Appropriate yeah. Mechanisms of Management of Chronic Disease. Priyanka was talking about you know, the things which are happening. So mm-hmm. ayushman Bharat, one of the initiatives is they're planning to screen a large number of people. Screening has been something that Apollo has been extremely committed to. But if all this data went in to mm-hmm. a large open source interoperable and we built uh, risk profiling, We could become more targeted in our ability to identify at-risk population and therefore uh, be more focused in the way we we prevent disease in those people. And an important way to really control NCDs is to focus Mm -hmm. on reducing the risk factors associated with these diseases.
0: Yeah, these are very deep insights and very contextual also because the point that you made on investing is in better management of NCDs is absolutely critical. Uh, Priyanka, coming to you, help us understand this in more detail. How will digital health ensure accurate delivery of health care? through technologies. What role is the government playing, for instance, and how do we bridge gaps in traditional healthcare delivery solutions through ambient computing techniques, for instance, just as a way of an example, I'm asking. You know, because uh, India is at the cusp of leapfrogging the barriers present in the current healthcare system, as you said in your initial comments. Help us understand this in greater detail.
1: Um, Gaurav, thanks very much. And Sangeeta, what pertinent points you made on non-communicable diseases? And uh, Gaurav, you're asking about the barriers and 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 what is the government doing and how will this change? Sangeeta spoke so eloquently about the barriers or the challenges that we see in in healthcare today. There is no early screening; diseases are detected late. All of that comes down to three mm. fundamental barriers, right? Of cost, quality, access. And that's where digital comes in. And the government has indeed recognized that. There were a set of things that the government was doing for a while. The national health policy was there in 2017. They had uh, created a national digital health blueprint in 2019. But very, very fundamentally, right in the middle of the pandemic in August 2020, uh, the prime minister announced the launch of the national digital health mission, what we all know as NDHM. It is now rechristened Ayushman Bharat Digital uh, Mission, yeah. ABDM. Um, you know, it's very critical to how India is developing. We call this an open digital health ecosystem. What does it really mean? It means that there is a full stack, a uh, digital infrastructure that is getting created, what I call a highway. It has health uh, registries, drug registries, facility registries, Mm. doctor registries. Um, This is getting created in a fashion that it's interoperable. They will talk to each other. Patient records will be owned by the patients, but can be shared and used uh, at at a point in time for for care delivery. This is a UPI moment. I don't know how many of us track this, but now the UPI transactions uh, that happen in India The Both the value uh, and the volume are more than what happens through credit and debit cards put together. The same architecture that enabled UPI is getting created um, by the government. So that is the role that the central government is playing in creating this health highway. Um, And they're creating the standards, they're creating the policies, they're creating the governance mechanisms of this highway or this infrastructure. The state governments play a role in ensuring the rollout there is uh, registration of patients, registration of providers, and therefore data starts to come in uh, into this highway. And on top right. of this highway, then the applications in the form of cars can ride. So that is what I would say is happening. A very pivotal moment in, in Indian healthcare announced very boldly by the central government and now getting rolled out in coordination with the state governments.
0: Now, Very well said. And, you know, the typical health journey of an individual normally has the following components. It starts with symptoms, then a diagnosis, then it fo- treatment follows, then support for treatment, post-treatment care, and follow-up visits, etc. So the ecosystem includes uh, and layers and layers of, uh, you know, uh, uh, people and organizations and institutions, from patients to doctors to hospitals to clinics. So, Sangita, my next question is to you, therefore. Uh, you know, The importance of ABDM is something, the enormity and significance that we as common citizens will never be able to understand. Uh, But help us understand this, the significance of data analytics and big data for India's healthcare universe.
2: Gaurav, again, wonderful question. Let me, uh, you know, demystify it by just asking you to imagine a world Mm. in which the world's healthcare information can be easily shared. Mm. That you can learn from knowledge and doctors and experiences of patients from around the world and rapidly apply this. Mm
1: -hmm. The typical
2: time it takes in today's world for a discovery is anything from three to seven years. But imagine if you could rapidly apply these insights to impact Mm -hmm. health across the care continuum. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: where a personalized digital twin platform Mm
1: -hmm. enables
2: users to integrate with Mm -hmm. multiple forms of crowdsourced and scientifically validated data to get Mm -hmm. their insights and begin to be intelligent and proactive about their own care and cure. Predictive analytics can communicate and visualize health opportunities as well as the risks and optimize wellness in a way which is engaging and insightful. And you can imagine what this means in today's UI, UX, customer in the middle of everything kind of world. Mm -hmm. Imagine using all those learnings in healthcare. In this context, digital health should be considered essential Mm -hmm. and as essential as medical equipment or hospital beds. And when you put it in that context, then digital health is a catalyst to transform how healthcare is delivered Mm -hmm. and experienced and how it allows a country like India to move from disease silos in Mm. healthcare to Mm. an integrated, resilient, connected environment. So a GP in a rural area is able to contribute Uh, to the healthcare of uh, his, his patient or his customer when he moves in for a super specialized surgery and receives the patient back. And the patient knows the importance of his, Ongoing medication, but the GP follows it up, oh because all of them are following a common personal health record.
1: Absolutely. Patients
2: who are not privy to information who carry around big bags or big files of papers, and most of it doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. should now change and at the touch of a button on their phone will see their values, will see the trending, will see the interpretation of all these and it is science as well as the practice of medicine. All together, ABDM Absolutely. can fill these gaps and create this new vision because they're linking patient data with a single health ID. But also, mm. more importantly, in an anonymized manner, we will create trends of public health, and, which will help in data-driven policy decisions, but also very significantly, we will begin to use AI To, number one, create risk models that I spoke about earlier, which can be used for intervention. And then to create standard treatment guidelines so that the quality of care is the same, whether it's being done by a doctor who's had 30 years experience or uh, a new postgraduate doctor who just graduated. This is going to be the transformational tipping point that electronic health records, which are showing these histories
0: yeah absolutely no no very well said and in fact very wonderfully articulated the example and the analogy that you gave that you know digital health should be considered as essential uh, part of healthcare system uh, just as medical equipment or hospital beds so priyanka you as a person who tracks this uh, very very closely and you know and one of one of the most accomplished experts in this field help us look into the future a bit seen through the lens of digital healthcare how do you see the future playing out for patients for healthcare providers, for institutions, the innovative ecosystem and businesses, because a new normal is not business as usual any longer, isn't it?
1: I think that's a nice uh, you know question to uh, you know culminate the discussion that we've been having. And Sanjeeta mm. spoke about mm. so many applications, such an exciting world that awaits us. Maybe the way I would like to answer your question is to you know articulate this all and maybe synthesize in three fundamental changes. The first one is moving from episodic care to wellness. We are going to move from treating a sick patient to, you know, looking after a well patient because access will fundamentally increase. You know, digital is dem- is, is a democratic medium. So it fundamentally mm-hmm. enhances access when a lot of the services that were localized, whether it's consultations, medicine delivery, you know, become uh, available. Uh, to everyone on on the internet. Affordability Mm -hmm. will also increase because internet enables more discovery, Mm -hmm. it lowers the cost Mm -hmm. and it leads to more competition. The second shift in the future would be what uh, we call um, in healthcare from a volume lens to value-based healthcare. If you look at it today, uh, you know, a lot of what happens in healthcare is around, you know, patient footfall. But tomorrow, with all the changes that we've been speaking about, that allows caregivers and doctors to be better informed about the patient context and coordinate this care, which brings in the quality focus. Data and analytics also allows us to draw patterns, correlation, between the actual advice given and the outcomes so from volume we shift to quality that's the second shift from volume based to quality or value based healthcare and finally you know from from silos in which the healthcare gets delivered today you know, where lab is a silo a clinic is a silo hospital is a silo to an integrated health system where mm-hmm. the players who, you know invest their leadership, their investment dollars into benefiting from these interconnections and creating integrated patient experiences, those would be the ones that would lead uh, you know, and be the winners.
0: Right. Uh, Sangeeta, uh, there is another important and under- probably underrated aspect which is of regulation. Uh, the question is, Sangeeta, digital health models in India must focus on three principles data privacy, compliance with existing regulations and conformity with medical ethics. However, the difficulty in the enactment of a comprehensive digital health specific law in India is the lack of clarity on the potential of the emerging technologies itself. At the present, the interdisciplinary nature of digital health applications will require restructuring of multiple legislations. What's your view?
2: Coming to, um, you know, regulations, the first is really the data management regulation. So you have the biological data, you have the lifestyle data, you have his yeah. medical data yeah, yeah, his yeah. current values and you have his psychological data. Mm. So when we're planning the regulation, we need to keep in mind that this is not just what, what is on a hospital record mm. and privacy is very, very critical to this.
1: So as
2: digital health solutions come forward and, you know, they allow large amounts of data to be collected, Mm -hmm. uh, how are we de-identifying data? And that's where the data protection measures come in. And Mm -hmm. unless we do this appropriately, we will not build trust. There's a proposal of the health data retention framework from the Aishman Bharat Digital Mission Architecture. Mm. And the consultation paper on this provides for the applicability of this proposed health data retention policy to the whole healthcare system.
0: Absolutely, yes. So
2: what this means and how will people cooperate and collaborate is a Mm. very important aspect of where we are going. And as we design, let us keep in mind that data is not just what we are seeing today. The whole data platform is going to change because of devices. We're trying to build democratized, potentially crowdsourced platforms that can read and interpret this data. But why? So Mm -hmm. that we can, one, assign users their ownership in a secure manner, but also enable gamification or preventive care simulate the, the impact of health decisions and therefore allow people to take informed, better interventions. Right. It is also about personalizing diagnostic interpretation. It's yes. about care planning. It's yes. about enabling the sharing of medical knowledge. And in this democratized world, we leverage this for the sake of health and for the sake of better medicine. Absolutely. We use platforms like telehealth and telemedicine and mm. allow providers to centralize their expertise or to mm. optimize their expertise and mm. perform consultations and monitor patients remotely. Right. And it's not just about NCD patients, but even about critical patients, because the right. critical care specialists are all focused in the cities and the patients are distributed across the country. So this is a typical example of where um, you know the uh, entire this thing, The geography will become history because it's a thing of the past. (laughs) And finally, it's about prescriptions of medicines, of filling these medicines and delivering it to any part of the country and enabling chronic conditions to be treated and a seamless integration between consults, um, uh, diagnostics, interpretation, uh, delivery, and continuous hand-holding. So uh, the the power really is in is in keeping the customer at the middle, is in empowering the entire healthcare ecosystem, but in creating a paradigm shift in the way we look at care, uh, based on a well regulated technology platform.
0: Very well put, uh, Sangeeta. And clearly, we, we are in currently in the midst of an information age. The ABDM is one of the kind strategy to unify the healthcare system in India. And as both Sangeeta and Priyanka articulated, it's promoting innovation in the industry. Although while there's a long way to go, there is promise and the prospects look very bright. Digital health has gained a very strong foothold in India over the past two years. A promising future seems to lie ahead for patients, healthcare providers, insurance companies, businesses and policy makers. Digital healthcare in India is indeed an idea whose time has come. Thank you, Sangeeta and Priyanka for taking the time out and dropping by to share very deep insights.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you, Kauru, And thank you, Priyanka. Interesting. Thank you so much. Thanks so
0: much.